Alright, First John chapter 3. I'm going to talk a little bit more about purity here. There's two aspects of it. You know, purifying ourselves and being pure. Alright, now, you'll understand that a little better, I hope, in a minute. But First John chapter 3, verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. He's talking about every man that hath the hope of Christ's coming. If you're looking for Jesus to come back, you'll be purifying yourself. Second Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Sounds like cleansing means purification, doesn't it? I believe that's right. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. One more verse I'm going to read. First, uh, Second Peter chapter 3 verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. So, first, I want to just say a few words right here about this matter. Our language has so degenerated in the past century or so, and especially in the last several decades, few decades, that very few people understand enough words to rightly divide the truth. That's true. I think we don't understand. Our vocabulary is not enough to understand the scriptures properly without first studying words and what they mean because we don't know what they mean. We we have allowed the culture and the change in morals around us to change our language and to degrade it. It's very degraded from what we read here in this book here. This was high language. It's, there's so much more to it. There's so much more vocabulary to it. And uh, there's just a lot of things have changed over the last uh, years. As morals decline, so does language. That's easy to see. And therefore, intelligence declines. Since intelligence depends greatly on the ability to understand and communicate. They say, I was reading about this today, and they say that IQs, according to all their tests and studies and all surveys and all this, IQs are rising. Now, do you believe that? No. They don't either. Even the people doing the testing says this can't be right. Because everybody's getting dumber, not smarter. That's true. But they said intelligence has to do a lot with your ability to understand and communicate words. Your vocabulary is a greater measure of your intelligence than an IQ test. Particularly since the 1970s, there's been a drastic decline in vocabulary regardless of the level of education attained. They, they say, they said in their studies that people with bachelor's and master's degrees had some of the biggest declines in vocabulary. Well, that's no surprise to me. I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions to that because some people go and study. Some people are smarter than others. Some people want to learn. But most people don't. Most people just keep getting dumber and dumber. Obviously. Everything's in decline. And language is one of those things. It goes along with the decline of everything else. With moral decline comes the decline in all knowledge and skills. Because as language declines, so does knowledge. Obviously. How are you going to have knowledge if you can't understand words? Except a few. I hate all this uh, stuff. And I never was a big English, you know, you can tell. 
I never was big on English. I won all the awards in school on in math and social studies and and uh, what's the other one? Science. Yeah, I'm tired. But I didn't ever do any good in English. I didn't like English. But when I started to study Spanish, I had to learn English. Because that's the only way I could understand how to learn another language was to understand the one I spoke. And uh, so you can't, your knowledge is going to decline, decrease as the language decreases. So that ought to mean something to you. You know, I've heard it criticized all my life. You know, a preacher used big words. You've got to go home and look them up. Well, that ain't so bad, really. That's right. The reason for the decline in language is, and vocabulary is because people don't read anymore. That's right. They don't read books. People used to read a lot. Now they don't read hardly at all. I wonder when they sell these stupid worldly books that have nothing to say, and they sell millions of copies of them. Who cares about reading that nonsense? Who's reading it? Yeah. And what level are they written on? I mean, you know, what level of vocabulary? I mean, how how many words do they use in those books? You ever run across words you don't know what they mean? Well, you do just say, and just pass it by. Anyone who is serious about studying the Bible and getting understanding from the Word of God will find himself looking up words and studying definitions often because it's to properly understand the Word of God, we must properly understand the words it contains. You can't read through the Bible and not really understand the words. I'm just looking at the page here and I see commandments and you know I see that a lot and I see uh, you know love and all kinds of words here perceive what how, do you really understand what those words mean? Well you gotta most people have a real shallow understanding in all of us because we've grown accustomed to this lazy talking, mm-hmm. this lazy reading. All this uh, acronyms for everything where you just use letters, LOL, and all kinds of other stuff that I don't even care to know. Really. Spell it! Say it! If you don't use your skill, you lose your skill. What's going to happen to all those people that are just all the time writing these letters for, you know, instead of saying, okay, or they just say, K. Or and I give you a hundred examples, and but you know what I'm talking about. I think it, it's it's stupidity taking them over. Say what you're gonna say. Say words. Don't say letters. Yes. A lot of people say them. They put out them letters, and they they represent profanities, and they don't even know it. That's true. But if you go to study in the Bible, and I've found this with myself. I look. I, I, I use a dictionary a lot, just because. Even words that I think I know what they mean, I look it up in the dictionary. And you know what I am? I'm educated every time yes. because there's more there than what I thought about. Mm-hmm. There's more. <clears throat> the word carried a much more or completely different meaning 200 years ago than what the pr- common perception is now of that word, like gay. Yeah, just for example. Queer. How many other ones? There's all kinds of them that are that way. Gross, yeah. Uh, so we t- as we talk about purity and purifying ourselves, we need to understand exactly what we're talking about and not make assumptions based upon our very limited understanding of what it means to be pure. I think our understanding of being pure is very limited. Being pure. To be pure, we have to fil- we have to we have to filter, I'm getting ahead of myself, what comes in, but we have to do something with what's already in there too. Yes, sir. So Let's start by looking at the dictionary to clarify what we're talking about. Now we've we've read this in other messages and as we talked about this subject. 
The definition in Webster's 1828 dictionary gives a lot more than this, but I'm just going to give this. This is the basic foundational meaning of the word purify as a verb. To make pure or clear. To free from extraneous admixture. As to purify liquors. There's another word that don't mean now what it meant back then. Mm-hmm. Or metals. To purify the blood. To purify the air. Well, we purify a lot more than that now, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we purify water, air, coffee, oil, you know, fuel, all kinds of other liquids by running them through a filter, right? That's how you get the stuff out of it. You know, I mean, Dakota, what would y'all be drinking if you didn't have that filter on the spring down there? It's kind of, it's it kind of unnerves you when you open the door and look in there, don't it? And everything's jumping in the water and jumping out of the water and swimming in the water. And, Floating on the water. <laughs> but you got filters. You got two of them, don't you? Three. 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 Why you do that? Won't you just drink it like it is? If you get something in your mouth that don't belong there, just spit it out. No problem. <laughs> yeah, but that's how we do with everything else. Yes. With things mental, things spiritual unclean things of the world we don't we just don't have a filter we just you know the old cowboy said never drink downstream from the herd but we do we always do no filter nothing just gulp it right on down a filter removes the stuff that's not supposed to be in it or that we don't want in it That's what a filter does, right? A filter keeps the foreign stuff from gumming up the works, like in a furnace. If you don't put a filter and keep and maintain a filter on your furnace, what's going to happen to your whole system? It's going to plug it up. It's going to ruin the whole thing. You'll have to buy a new one. The filter is the life of it. You must maintain that filter. Say, well, our air is not dirty in our house. <laughs> That's the way it is with the filth of this world. It's, it doesn't show up so clearly to the eye. But it's there. And it's very, and it's like the dust in the air. You, you know, there's dust floating around in here. You don't see it right now. I can look at the light and I don't see nothing. You with good eyes can look at the light and you probably can't see nothing maybe once in a while when everybody's stomping around but you go in there at that filter and I can show you a whole bunch of dust that's been floating around in here that it caught as the air came through it and it took it out of it it filtered it out and we walk around in this world and acting like everything's squeaky clean and it's not and it's getting in us we're drink, we're breathing it in we're drinking it in through our eyes ears and, and the little bits at a time, little by little, we're polluted with the stuff. And it gums up the works before you know what's happened. A filter keeps, like, you know, like a, in a furnace or an oil filter on an engine. Gary would tell about people who'd bring cars in the dealership down there with 120,000 miles on that and never had the oil changed in it. I've known people through my life they won't change the oil filter. They'll drain the oil out and put new oil in leave the dirty oil filter all plugged up on there. Dummy. Dummy. You ain't going to have it very long. you got to maintain a filter. <laughs> a fuel filter on a fuel line. We do that too. Back, you know... Y'all don't even remember, I don't guess, but they used to, cars used to have carburetors on them. Anybody know what that is? How many of you know what a carburetor is? Yeah. Well, if you didn't have a filter on your fuel line, you didn't last very long. You was working on your carburetor. 
Because them little bitty pieces of junk in the gas and in your tank floating around. Well, my tank's clean. No, you can't see in there. There's stuff in there. And it'd get in your carburetor and get in those little jets and plug them up. Then your car would go, or it wouldn't even run at all. It was very important. If you, did, if you didn't have a filter on it, it just wouldn't keep running. A filter is something between us and the stuff that will make us sick, ruin our equipment, or sometimes might even kill us. A filter. Guess what I did? I went to the dictionary and looked up filter. How many of you know what a filter is? You ain't going to raise your hand because you think he's fixing to drop one on us here. Filter means, a noun, means a strainer. A piece of woolen cloth. Now this is 200 years ago plus. They didn't go down to Walmart and buy a Fram filter. <laughs> I got a notification the other day from Nonstar. It's time to change the uh, cabin air filter. Another... probably they want for that filter. But they remind you that you need to change the filter. (coughs) If you don't change the filter on your engine, you're going to burn more gas. And if it gets bad enough, like where you live on a dirt road and get a lot of dust, I mean, your car's going to choke on you one of these days. Filter, a strainer, a piece of woolen cloth, paper, or other substance through which liquors are passed for defecation. I read that right. It's, I'm not mispronouncing it. That's what the dictionary says. <laughs> yeah, hang on. Guess what filter means as a verb? To filter something out. It means to purify. Now, isn't that what we're talking about? To purify, or there's that word again, defecate liquor by passing it through a filter or causing it to pass through a porous substance that retains any <laughs> feculent matter. Now, how many of you need me to explain that word to you? <laughs> Do you all know why you were throwing up and had all those problems last week? That's exactly right. It is a fact. That's what you got in you. That's how it got in you. And that made you sick. That's what filter means. It removes that kind of stuff from liquor. I got a couple more words here that I looked up I want to read to you. Liquor. This is the dictionary definition, 1828 dictionary. A liquor, uh, it, liquor means a liquid or fluid substance. Liquor is a word of general signification, extending to water, milk, blood, juice, etc. But its most common application is to spiritus fluids, like intoxicating drinks. So liquor, even then, although they applied it to other liquids, it's the main, the most common application was to strong drink. Now what is he talking about a filter does? It filters, yeah, spirits. Isn't that what they call strong drink? Yes. Here at Christmas. Christmas spirit. Boy, that means a different thing to a lot of people. You have your booze to drink at Christmas time. Spirits, they call it. Why do they call it spirits? Did you ever wonder? There's a big connection. In the language, we don't talk about that stuff anymore and we don't understand these words that they meant that to people 200 years ago when the Bible was fresh and and everybody could understand the language of the Bible back then. What do you think that vocabulary was of people 200 years ago that were educated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Has anybody here saw that eighth grade test from uh, around the turn of the nineteenth, uh, nineteen hundred, around that time? There was quite a difference. My grandpa just went through the eighth grade. Her dad just went through the second grade. So how did they even know how to read and write? They did. They knew a whole lot more than that. And when they went to school, they learned stuff. They didn't get indoctrinated and play and have activities. And sports wasn't a thing back then. That wasn't what school was about. They learned. Y'all look that up. Maybe I'll find that. I've got it at home. I know I saved it years ago because it was <laughs> pretty startling. Yes. To pass the eighth grade, to graduate from the eighth grade, you had to pass this test. Probably nobody here could do it. Say, I could. Okay, well, we'll give it to you. <laughs> All right, I didn't finish reading the definition. Whether distilled, fermented, or decoctions, solutions, or tinctures. Now, y'all know, most of you know what that stuff is. Feculent. Foul with extraneous or impure substances. So isn't that the definition of purity? The absence of extraneous or impure things. Feculent means foul with the extraneous or impure substances. Muddy, thick, turbid, abounding with sediment or excrete. This is a long word. Let me see if I can say it. I said it to myself two or three times at home excrementitious matter. Now, I don't have to explain what that means either, do I? You see what's coming up in the definition of purifying and filtering and in the language of 200 years ago? What polluted everything? Yep. yep. That is what pollution meant back then. When I say, you know, we're polluted from the world, you don't think, eh. You know, you don't think of it in such ugly terms, do you? The world puts a sweet smell on everything. They put a pretty coat on everything and put sparkles and glitter all over it. And spray it down so it don't stink so bad. But it's still just as rotten. Now we can't hope to remain pure in a world like this unless we have a filter. We can't hope for our children to remain pure unless they have a filter. That's true. Now, you can be their filter while they're very young. But every day as they get older, they will see and hear more from this world and they will be exposed to all of its filth and corruption. It's coming. What are you going to do about it? Well, that's why we're, look, we're talking about the two aspects of being pure here. We can't maintain purity by isolating ourselves completely from the world around us because that's impossible to do. Yes. Now, we can't do that. We dream about it and we think about it. Boy, it'd be good just to move off into the wilderness somewhere in Alaska or somewhere and just get away from everybody so we didn't have to ever see anybody again. Do you think that'll solve the problem? No, it won't. Because it's a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. Separation from the world, avoiding it, yes. But to isolate ourselves and live in a bubble in this world is not going to happen. So we have to know what to do about it. To maintain purity, we have to have something between us and the world around us that stops the filth before it goes into our eyes and ears. Y'all listening to me? Yes. <laughs> well, what could that be? Well, sometimes what's coming through the pipes from the world is so polluted that there's nothing good to be filtered out of it. And I believe that's just how it is yes. right now with Hollywood and all of the world's junk that they're hoisting on everybody. Everybody was all about Disney. Well, look at Disney. Everybody's all about Hallmark. Yeah. Now, what about Hallmark? 
You see, you open the valve and let it start coming in and pretty soon they're pumping the pure stuff in on you. There's nothing good to be filtered out. Amen. Yep. I'm telling you that. Yes, sir. I know you're not going to listen to me, but I'm telling you that. One of these days you're going to find out that I told you the truth. So in that case, it's best to just shut off that pipe. Amen. TV. <laughs> well, we got a TV set, but we don't. I we haven't had any way to pump in stuff into it in many many years. I don't even. We've it's been forty some years since we had cable. We never had a satellite or anything like that. And we can't get nothing out where we live. There's no TV channels you can get on an antenna that I know of. I wouldn't want to if I could. <clears throat> I get enough of it if I go to the doctor in a waiting room and they got the TV on. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. I sit there and think, how in the world can anybody do this? Why would you want that in your house, screaming and hollering and beating and banging and all that violent noise and... Uh, I don't like that in my house. No. I want peace and quiet. I want to be able to talk to somebody and then be able to hear me. Yes, sir. And I don't want somebody screaming at me. That's right. Turn it off. It's real easy. All you got to do is just cut it off. Yeah. Just say, cancel my account. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good way to stop it. Yes, sir. That'll be a pretty good filter for you. That'll stop a lot of that uh, feculent matter from coming into your house. Brother Kenny used to call satellite dishes sewer suckers. That's what he called them. <laughs> he wasn't missing it far. Wasn't missing it at all. Yeah. So, accountability. Ah, wait a minute. I didn't get done there. Internet. You know, if you can't control it, if you can't, if you can't avoid the stuff that's on there, if you can't just use it for the benefits of it and leave everything else alone, you better get rid of it. You better just turn it off. Yeah. You can live without internet. Let's see here. Ninety-four. The first internet we ever had was in, that's when it came on the scene, 94. That's when it became a thing. Oh, I can't even remember the, the, the companies and all. I, one of the very first ones, was, it was very primitive and all of that, but that's when the internet started. AOL. Yeah, say what? AOL. AOL, that was one of the first ones, and then there was another one. I had it, it started with a C. I can't remember. Don't matter. But it, up until that time, I'd lived all my life with no internet. We figured out how to fix things. We bought stuff. Yeah. We found parts. We managed. You can live without YouTube. Now, it's very handy for certain things. But when you go on there, you're going to see junk. Yes, sir. You're not going to go on there without seeing junk. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? What it does to you. What it does to your children. Radio. Not too many people listen to radio anymore. That was a big thing 20, 30 years ago. All of that junk. Magazines. They come in our house in the mail. Most of the time they go right straight to the trash can. Because they're full of trash. Don't need to look at them. But Shepherd said his wife takes care of that. You know, she just gets rid of them so he don't ever have to see them. You know, they come in the mail. Good. Good for her. Social media. You know, it amazes me. I know a lot of lost people who've never had a thing to do with it. They've lived without it. But a lot of Christians can't live without it. Doesn't matter what they do. Doesn't matter what they show. Doesn't matter what they say. When does it get to stinking bad enough, tasting bad enough, till you'll finally say, no, no more, no more. 
I ain't doing that no more. You're not going to force that on me anymore. How long is it going to take? How far are you going to go? How, how corrupt are you going to allow it to make you before you stop? See, the thing is, it gets in you and then it starts coming out of you. Y'all, boy, it's awful quiet in here. But it gets in you. Their little sayings, their little jokes, their little half dirty words and half dirty ways of saying things and their corruption and their no shame about talking about things that should not be talked about in public or uh, around children or anybody. It gets in you and then it starts coming out that way. You, You start saying the same things you looked at, you watched, you heard. That's not pure. That's not pure. Are you really entertaining the hope of Jesus coming back? Well, if you are, the Bible says in the verse we read to start out with, He that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. How are you going to purify yourself if you don't stop drinking out of the cesspools of the world? All right, accountability. That's a means to have a filter also. When a person has their phone or their computer or their tablet or whatever other device they got, now you got watches, you got, I don't even know. I I checked out about all keeping up with all of that. I don't even keep up with it all anymore. But I know they got watches now. Does everything a phone does and a tablet does. And Dick Tracy watch, you know. when a person has that their device locked closed to anyone else they're much more likely to be corrupted by because it's a secret place where they're hiding they're hiding stuff if you keep it locked up where nobody can see it but you you're hiding stuff you ain't fooling me you ain't fooling nobody else either nope (laughs) Uh, what a deceitful age we're living in Mm -hmm. when you know that other people can can and do look at your device you'll filter what you look at and listen to more carefully Mm -hmm. because of the shame connected with it unless you have no shame and you don't care what everybody thinks I don't think that's really the case otherwise you wouldn't be locking it down so tight Yes, sir. I can get in her phone anytime. anytime. Same fingerprint. She can get in my phone anytime. She can get on my computer anytime. Uh, anybody can. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't locked. Uh, she's got a password on the screensaver. No, you don't, do you? On the starter. Because of the little kids. Because mm-hmm. they'll get in there and, <laughs> and do everything in the world. Order off Amazon. I don't know what all. <laughs> But they're getting big enough now. They know better. They, they know to not do it. So there's no need in that. Hiding places? No, that's accountability. Yes. The best filter is to walk close to God and realize that He sees all you do and see. And if God is re- a reality to you, then you'll close doors and not open them. To the filth of this world around us. If you really believe God. If you really believe that God is an ever presence in your life. Then you just won't be doing that stuff. If you do it's because you really don't believe God's a real presence. He don't see. The other aspect we have to use a filter on is the corruption that's already in us. Not just the filthy stuff we've seen with our eyes and heard with our ears, but the the philosophies, the wisdom that we've adopted from the lies of the world around us. That's junk that's in us that has to go somehow. It's already came and got in us. We've already drank it. We've already swallowed it. It's in our system. It's in our reasoning. It's in our... A way of thinking and believing. And it's wrong. 
It's extraneous matter. And it is feculent matter of this world. You say, I'm not talking dirty. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you what the dictionary... I'm sticking with what the dictionary said about this word right here. That's what, it's, that's what it really means. Not, you know... We need to set guards to maintain purity. But the Word of God is our filter for purifying ourselves from the pollution that gets through the guards. Here, I'm going to read you some more scripture here. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. Listen to what the Bible says here. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Alright, what's the truth? I mean, the, really, Jesus gave the definition of the truth. Down here, I'm going to read it in a minute. John 17. Thy word, thy word is truth. Yes. Obeying the truth. You have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Not just knowing it, obeying it. That's how you purify your soul. See, God don't do all this for you. God don't guard you for you. You're to cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Sanctify yourselves. How many times does the Bible tell us that over and over? Sanctify yourselves. What did we read in the very first thing? He that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. You got to put it down. You got to put it away. You got to stop it. Yes, sir. That's our job to keep it from coming in. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. We're to stay away from the uncleanness of this world. That's our part. Hebrews 10 and verse 22, let us draw near. Wait a minute, I didn't finish the other. Obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Pure soul, pure heart in that verse. Through obeying the truth and love. Hebrews 10.22 Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now do you think that means taking a bath every day? Is that how you keep your body clean in this matter? No! Here, let me read you another verse. Ephesians 5, 26, and he's referring to the church here, but he says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Except a man be born of the flesh and and born of water. uh, Help me. John chapter 3, you must be born again. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Except a man be born of the Water? (laughs) Alright, well he referred to it. Water is what... We need a filter on what is incoming and a filter on what is outgoing. A filter to keep it out and something to wash away what has gotten in. Are you with me? Yes. You're not going to live in this world without it getting in sometimes. I mean, this this is the way it is. You're going to hear it. You're going to see it in this world. Unless you go hold yourself up in a cave somewhere. But then the devil's still going to come to you in the cave. And remind you of everything you've seen so far. You've got a mind full of stuff that he's got to work with. That's why Jesus said the devil had nothing in me. But he's got plenty in us. We've had years of drinking it. Looking at it. Feasting on it. Swallowing it down. And it, and our mind records it. And the devil can come right back and just use what's there already. So you can go isolate yourself and say, I'll be okay now. No, you won't. The devil's going to get you anyway. There's something got to be done. The washing away, what has gotten in, is God's business. And he will do it for us if we obey his truth. Because Jesus said in John chapter 17 and verse 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So Jesus, praying to the Father, 
about us. Ask the Father to sanctify them. That's us. He asked the Father to sanctify us through His through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now is that something that God just is able to do apart from our will, apart from our obedience, apart from our believing, apart from our yielding? No! It's, it, is, it is conditioned upon our obedience yes. to the truth. When we obey, when we believe and obey, God can cleanse us of the stuff. That's how come people start talking different. When they get saved, when they get born again, they get cleansed. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. So there's a different outpouring. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, Jesus said. And an evil man out of an evil heart bringeth forth evil things. It's what's in there. It got in there somehow. Came right in through your eyes and ears and while you watched and listened to other people. You learned it. It was imprinted upon you. And it became a part of you until it starts oozing out. And it has to be gotten rid of. And the only way it can be is if through the washing of water by the Word. That's why it's important. The Word of God is so important. You can't live as a Christian and ignore the Word of God. Right. You can't be ignorant of the Word of God. You can't be a child of God and live your life a lifetime without knowing the Word of God. Right. You cannot be pure without the Word of God. Amen. Knowing the Word of God Understanding the Word of God, believing and obeying the Word of God is how you're made pure. How the defiled can be made pure. And it also works to put up that filter, that guard to keep it from coming in. If you really understand what it is to not be pure, And then to be pure, or to have a desire to be pure, to know the difference between the two, and apply it to yourself, clean and unclean. What would you say about yourself tonight? Would you classify yourself as clean or unclean? What if we were standing right before God right now? Would you feel clean? Do you have a conscience void of offense before God and man? Well, then there's something needs to be done. This, I, this matter of purity is very important. It's what's killing us. I said this when I started preaching these messages on this matter here. But it's what's killing everything. Uncleanness. Unclean spirits. And unclean people. Claiming to be God's people. And claiming to be witnesses for Jesus. But full of uncleanness. And uncleanness oozing out of them in their speech, in their language, in their mannerisms, in their talk. This is such an ungodly world. <clears throat> it's terrible. Yes. You can't go anywhere. Went to the doctor the other day. Took dad to the doctor. Sitting in the waiting room. Some young woman come and sit down right in front of me, as close as she is right there. And you, I won't even tell you the posture she took, but it was unbelievable. And, you know, where is the... How come she don't know any better? Unclean. Yes. No purity. Nothing pure there. Nothing but this stuff we've been talking about. No filter. Nothing. All of y'all see the same things. It, it's going to happen to us. <clears throat> but we don't have to pump it in to our house. We don't have to pump it into our minds. We don't have to have a line open all the time where it's a constant feed of this trash mm -hmm. of the world. 
It makes me, it, ever since I've been saved, it, it used to make me, I mean, angry when somebody talked filthy or something like that in front of me. You know, I've got kind of harsh with people sometimes. There was a, you know, a long time ago, the, these guys were still kids. We went out to buy some chickens from this place. This 15-year-old boy come out there, and he just went to talking so filthy it was terrible. Well, she was there. Sarah was there. These kids were there, I think. They were just children. Well, I jumped his case real hard, and he stopped. But, you know, it's different now. It still upsets me. I'd rather somebody would just go ahead and spit on me. Really, I've said that before and I feel that way. You have polluted my mind. You've, you just as well have thrown a bunch of garbage on me or something. Or vomited on me. What in the world? Why do you think I want to hear that? Why would you do that to me? But what goes in is what comes out. That's what he'd heard. You know? After thinking on it, considering it, you know, that's all the boy had grown up knowing. I mean, that's all he'd ever been around. He was just a boy. Didn't know any better. Well, he, yeah, he knew better, but he was just living the examples that were set before him. And just pouring out all that was in him, because that's all that was in him. People that can't talk without using profanity, they're empty. How much vocabulary do they have when they can't say three words without inserting of profanity? It's low intelligence and low intellect and low self-esteem and self-worth just like that girl up there yesterday in the doctor's office, Monday, whenever it was, whatever. She don't think nothing of herself at all. Pitiful. You get so dirty, you don't even worry about it anymore. Ain't that how it is? Mm-hmm. Did you ever get behind somebody in Walmart that just stunk so bad you could, it made you want to throw up? Yes, sir. You just couldn't take it? I've passed them in the aisle, stood behind them in the line. I've got out of that line, went somewhere else because I couldn't stand it. And they don't, it doesn't bother them at all. I mean... <laughs> The the wrappers on the candy bars are shriveling up next to them, and they just no, they don't even notice it. And everybody all around them's like, Ugh. "Isn't that a shame that you can be so unclean and everybody knows it, but you?" Man, you don't want to be that way. And people think they can wing it through. Uh, churches and being a Christian they think they can fake everybody out no you can't because that's all you got to do is look, that tells on you yes, the uncleanness that comes out of your mouth and out of your life is what reveals well that's kind of hard but that's the truth that's good. and we just need to do something about it if you, Jesus is coming and it's at hand you better be preparing yourself. Yes. I mean, even if he doesn't come right away, we're all still going to meet God any time. We don't even know when. And the fact that at any moment you might find yourself face to face before God ought to be enough incentive for, your, for you to purify yourself. Cut off, stop the sewer from running in. And, and do something about what's already in there. Amen. Father, thank you for the Word of God and for the teaching here that is so clear and it's so needful in our time. We're, we're not heeding this warning. We're becoming more and more defiled by this world. It's more and more common among us to hear the 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 drift into the I can smell it more and more. Please help us to realize that. Wake us up. Help us to shut off 
the incoming and do something about what's already got through. Help us, Lord, to purify ourselves. Because we're a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. We're to be different than this world around us. We are different when you live in us, when your spirit guides us, when your word is what we go by, what we read and what we... And it's our source and our standard for everything. It's our final authority in everything. Then that's the way it'll be. Please help us, Lord, to fight off these this this evil world that's encroaching in and taking ground every day we live. Please help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go home and think about it. At some point, you you at some point you have to say no. No more. Everybody that has quit smoking or drinking or taking drugs, that's how that's what happened. They come to a point and they said, It's no. I'm not doing this anymore. This is not going to rule my life. I'm not going to have it. Now, ain't that right? I know. Is that way with me? It got to that point where I said, oh, no. This this is it, and I'm stopping. And I stopped. You know how to stop drinking? Stop putting the bottle to your mouth. That's it. Stop going to the liquor store. Stop going where they're drinking it. Where they'll anybody will give you some. You remember Brother Dougie Cox? He, that he had a his family was some of the worst I ever seen really back then. And he went to some kind of gathering they had, and they's all drinking. They kept on saying, "Dougie, won't you have a beer? Won't you have a beer?" And he said, "Okay, give me one." So they gave him one, and he just poured it out on the ground. He said, that's good. Give me another. Well, the fight ensued. That didn't go over too big. But shouldn't have, I wouldn't have been there in the first place. That's what's going on. Count me out. I ain't going where there's going to be that filth, where there's going to be immorality, where there's going to be drinking and cussing and filth and worldly clamor. I don't belong there. You don't either if you're a Christian. If you love God and you're wanting to purify your life and you're wanting to protect your children, stay away from those places, those people. They're going to defile you. Amen. I done prayed. I'm done preaching. So it's hard to stop a preacher from preaching, ain't it? when it's something so important.